Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. And today, I am sitting with one of the founders of Roommate. Roommate is an application that lets you find other roommates and actually pick properties. Think about it like a Tinder for roommates. And I'm sitting with one of their founders, Alexis Valerio. So we get into some of the challenges that her and her team have had uh, growing a mobile app. Also, some of the learning, some of the great techniques they've used to grow their user base. So a really, really exciting and interesting conversation. If you're in the mobile app space, this is definitely an episode to hang around and listen to until the end. But before that, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a social media marketing company based out of Los Angeles that can help grow your brand and your company on social media. If you need help in that regard, head over to www.cavesocial.com. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Alexis Valerio. She is one of the founders of Roommate. That's R-O-O-M-8, the number, an app that helps you sync up with roommates. Anyways, I'm, I'm really pumped to have her here. Alexis, how you doing? Wow. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing, it's not too bad. So I'm interested though. So obviously that's the most you know basic intro I can give. Tell me more about your story. What brought you to where you're at? How you came up with the idea for roommate? You know, what does that all look like? Absolutely. I think everyone in the beginning of their career, they're not sure where they're going to go, how they're going to get there, but they always have a goal in mind. And I'm pretty sure when I was just starting out, I definitely wanted to make a difference and help people because I'm kind of one of those kind of caregiving kind of people. Over my career, I've been at many different startups, um, some very notable like Yelp. Um, I've also worked in the corporate world. I worked in Sony Pictures, some agencies, in-house. Um, and then I kind of teetered into in the tech industry of uh, being on innovation teams where we really worked with startups a lot. Um, so I got to utilize some expertise. And during that time that I was working in, it was um, on the innovation team. Uh, we, my other two co-founders and I, Jessica and Dan, really were trying to see how we could help people and what's something that's really important to them is where they live. And what was really relevant and what is really still relevant these days is relationship building. Everyone is using or has heard of a dating app out there. And so what Jessica, Dan, and I did is we put our heads together and we said, let's try to make finding a roommate and apartment very similar to a dating app. Make it seamless, make it synced with their social media, but enable them to kind of build their own preferences, where they want to live, what they want to move into, what kind of living situation. Do they want to co-living? Do they want to live by themselves? And kind of put that all together, brainstormed it for a little bit, and then came up with this idea of roommate. And essentially, it's somewhere where we can help empower people to create life enriching living experiences, as well as help them with financial freedom if they have a roommate. Uh, so we put it together and almost two years ago, we launched it and we couldn't be happier. 
Now, from a growth strategy, did you guys start with one market? Were you going nationwide? How, how did that look? I would suggest to a lot of other marketers out there, definitely start in one market, have like a niche market. So all of us, we, we started in the Bay Area. That's where we first began in the beginnings of Roommate, uh, whether that was testing it out with different colleges around the Bay Area. Our, our demographic is really the Gen Zs and Millennials. So 18 to 35, 40-ish age range. And so we just started working with colleges around the Bay Area, some businesses, and we started doing a B2B to see growth kind of strategy. Uh, And then from there, we went into, I think, seven different markets, metropolitan markets across the U.S. And today, now we're national all over the U.S. Very cool. Now, just like how people had to warm up to online dating, um, you know, it was something that in the early 2000s, it's like people are on match.com and stuff. And it was kind of seen like, okay, now, you know, I haven't met a person who hasn't been on a dating app, you know, a single person. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now that took some time to warm up. What have the hurdles been on the, the roommate side and getting people to warm up to that was, you know, the apps like Tinder and Hinge. Did they really lay the groundwork that made this, you know, a, a surprisingly easy transition or was the fact that you're marketing, you know, live it, Hey, you're going to live with this person. Was that a different hurdle to hop over? What do you feel about that? I think it was a combination of both. All the dating apps out there, like you mentioned, whether they're the online versions of the match.coms to the hinges and tenders and uh, everything they made everyone, you know, really engage and believe in a dating app, right? There's so many success stories out there. And so for us, it was pretty simple. And Gen Z's and millennials are the demographic that is grown up with us at this point. Um, so that was pretty easy for us. And really, we have some algorithms in there and you know, our secret sauce at Roommate that enables users to uh, match with people that are very, very relevant to them whether that's someone they could internship with uh, or they went to the same college or they have similar interests and hobbies. But I think there was some resistance in some other matters of, okay, so now you help me find a roommate, what's next? And that actually helped us develop our business model. So we were getting so much feedback saying, we love this product. It's such like a dating app. Can you now help us find a property? And so at first we were like, oh, sure. In our heads, you know, myself, like rolling up our sleeves, getting all scrappy, me, my other co-founders and I, and literally scrolling through uh, Craigslist and other kind of housing. And we decided that this is, this makes no sense. We should start having properties inside of our app so that our users can not only match with each other, but now match with properties. So make it a second part of a dating app, if you would say, that is allowing you to find your new residence, your new co-living dream, essentially. And so at first getting some of the properties interested, that was a little hurdle for us. And once we got them on, I'll tell you this, we've not had one single property leave our app. They love the amount of users that apply to their properties. And because we do such a good job in matching the right person to person and the right person to property, that there's a very good success rate of them living there. Yeah. It's interesting there because now you have two client bases, right? With both the users and then you also look at the property side, but it makes so much sense because I believe the average rental property stays vacant 1.1 months per year across the US. So Mm -hmm. 
tenant getting tenants in place very very important for sure cool okay so you got there you're, that lays a good groundwork for you know me and the listeners that all right there's this app you guys did that but i want to kind of go back to yeah. the early growth stages right you got in with employers you got in with colleges how did you really when you started was it only you and your your co-founders yes it was only us and how did you guys approach marketing? Was it, hey, we're going to go with a big paid ad spend or we're going to, you know, roll up the sleeves, start to build these relationships with colleges? What was kind of that first thing that you guys bit off? Well, um, we really, I from college, I have a motto, like learn by doing and Google everything. And so honestly, I mean, I, I'd had a pretty good experience over the you know, 10 plus years before this. And so we kind of did a combination of a lot of different things, but we were very conscious. We are, you know, this is a prior to getting seed round funding. This is very trying to be scrappy startup. What we really worked on was working with agencies. We worked with advertising agencies. We definitely did that B2B2C model, um, worked with, you know, affiliate networks, colleges. And um, what I found definitely helped the most with whether it's acquiring new users was, um, listening to our actual users feedback every single day and then making it very important that we did a release in our app every week and improved it so that our users actually made a difference in our app and they felt like this was now their app and they it made a tremendous uh, difference users then began to start sharing our app to other users realizing that users love deals they love, you know, oh, you improved this in our app now. Thank you so much. I shared it with my friend. Do you have any apartments in this area that have move-in specials? So we added new features in our apps and worked with those property managements to add in move-in specials this month. Because like you mentioned earlier, a lot of apartments are vacant for at least one month a year, if not more, depending on their metropolitan area and who their demographics are, who live at their properties. So we just, we listened to our users. We work directly with all different types of mobile ad networks. User acquisition is something that I just love as a person. And I think everyone who has a mobile app should do it. That's working, whether that's working directly with, you know, the Googles or the Facebooks or the Apple or Android programs, work with them, learn from them. They have great, great customer service. They are always there to help you. They do help your quality of your your users grow. And then other things that really helped us grow from there was using different tools to help us adjust accordingly with like marketing analytic tools. For me, my one of my favorite tools is AppsFlyer, a tool that allows me to track all of my downloads, my events, my engagements. And we're a mobile app company. And so it's very, very relevant. So I would say overall do a combination of everything, test out everything, see what your users want, how they're using the app, and then don't be afraid to pivot in that direction. And I want to dig a little deeper into specifically the feedback loop, right? And for anyone listening, if you haven't heard of the book, The Lean Startup by Eric Rice, go check that out. It's really talking about feedback loop and then it, a lot of what you were saying with integrating you know, the changes weekly. Now, when you're running a mobile application, how did you go about getting this feedback? Were you reaching out one-on-one? Were you sending forms, phone yeah. call? Like, how did that look in, in the early stages? Absolutely. Well, 
personally for me, I think I've pretty much tried everything and I still do. <laughs> so well, <laughs> um, I read that book um, by Eric Rice, uh, Lean Startups. So did my other co-founders. It's good read. And one of the things that I do still to this day, even as a, a founder here, is I reach out to users myself. And sometimes you get a way better response when you see an email from some stranger and the founder of the company, that, the app that you're using, and they ask, can I take you to lunch and um, just pick your brain? And you, you get a lot of yeses, to be quite honest, but we can't do that all the time and neither do we have the time or resources. So we definitely did surveys inside of our app. We have a great customer success team that is very, very interactive. We have that human element inside of our app. Someone is in every day, all day long, responding to users, getting feedback. The other thing when you have an app, go on to your reviews. You're going to have thousands of them on your mobile apps, whether that's on Android or iOS, whichever platform you're on, and respond to every single one of them if they're positive or negative. Hear what they're saying. Fix what they're asking you to fix if it's possible. And ask people to come in if they can, if they're in the area, do like micro kind of studies in different in different metros or geolocations, because in Oregon, it might be very different than what people in Florida or New York would want. So we have done a collectiveness of all of those, and we still do that. When we are updating our product, our design, we love to get feedback, whether it's from other designers in our network. So we're in Delta forums or groups or meetups. We talk to other, Mark, I myself talk to other CMOs out there. I talk to other UX, UI designers weekly and just get their feedback, try to see if we can strategize or, pro, you know, kind of Q&A with each other and then just be as interactive as you can to improve what you're trying to do and get your goal done. I think that's kind of collectively what I do every day. No, I think that's the right mindset too, right? To just take a continual learner mindset mm -hmm. and learning from the customers, the users, team members, also other CMOs. You know, there's so many people that are maybe in an industry that's adjacent or a completely different industry, but had a very similar challenge that I think we can learn from. Mm -hmm. That stuff is really powerful. I think anyone listening to just take that as a nugget to say, okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to go learn from my customers. I'm going to learn from other people in the industry. Never stop learning. Big proponent to that. Never stop learning and never stop listening. Yeah, it's so true. Now, speaking of learning, can you tell me a bit about a campaign or a marketing effort that you guys did that maybe didn't perform you know, the way you thought from a standard KPI standpoint, but then really taught a big lesson to you and your team? Oh, of course I can. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure any marketer out there could tell you that. So I, I actually was thinking about this. I, I kind of think about this daily and how, you know, how we can improve our, our KPIs, how we can improve what we're doing and looking at historical campaigns that we've done and open rates and things along those lines. And I think the story that resonates the most with me is we were very excited to announce uh, some new features in our app that we're going to have the capability of letting our users chat with each other. Okay. And so what we did is we spent all this time on drafting an email campaign and um, put it all together and made great pictures and images and diagrams and, you know, push it out to all of our users. And then we had no open rates. And we were all dumbfounded and nobody was using our new feature in our app. 
And so we took a step back and kind of regrouped after a day or two. And we were, you know, kind of like hitting our heads together and being like, how, what, how did this go so wrong? And then we realized that we're a mobile company. <laughs> Why don't we message them inside of our own app and then also send them a text message, make them come back to the app, right? They're on their phone. This is a phone, you know, mobile app phone. And so we did that. And then within minutes, it was just boom, 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 messaging one another in our app. And, you know, the open rate was well over 80%. So that was something that even as a, a mobile first company on my end, sometimes you have to take a step back and say, okay, sometimes traditional marketing campaigns, even though they're beautifully done and pushed out at the exact right time at the exact right week that the most open rates would happen, still are not necessarily what you should be doing with what you're launching or featuring this week. And to think about that, right? To think about the user from a standpoint of like, we want to stop context switching for the user. We don't, mm -hmm. it, right? And acknowledging that, oh, this user, like you said, is on the app, is, is using their mobile. Let's think about this experience from when they unlock their iPhone to when they close it. How does that look? I went and saw the the COO of the Los Angeles Rams present. Okay. And he talked about, he said, we are trying to do a closet to closet experience from when a person puts the jersey on until they hang it up at the end of the day. And really looking at the context of that, you know, that fan's life as they go from how does their drive look? What does it look like for parking to the game to after the game? And I really like that because it's just such, so individualized to that person. And like, you know, you guys said, you learned off that, that hey, maybe we don't need to send them the email. Let's just go right within the app because it's from uh, it's from when they open their iPhone to when they close it is when mm -hmm. we want to be interacting with them, which I think is a valuable lesson for anybody learning to just think about. So because we as marketers are taught that you should, you know, do these five, six traditional things that everybody else is doing. But the individual context of our apps or our businesses, and everything, you know, will demand that we really fine fine tune those campaigns. So that's that's awesome to hear that you guys saw a massive Oh uh, yeah, a massive switch. Absolutely, and other things that we learned from that are enabling push notifications in your in your app, giving the option to the users, having the option to add their phone number for that text message engagement that you have a a message from someone that's a potential roommate in a new co living situation, and not to say that we do still don't we still use email marketing campaign. They it works amazing. It's just. You have to, like I mentioned, use it at the right time that's applicable to which campaign you're using. Huge learning for us. And we now make sure that we hit all the checks boxes every time. And again, measure your data and compare it. So every every campaign is new. In your app, right? And I assume that when a consumer or so a user comes on, I come on, I sign up, great, I find an apartment, I find a roommate. What is something that you guys are doing to you know, maybe reactivate that person as a brand ambassador or to spread the word of mouth or how does that look, you know, after it's completed, how does that communication work with people who've gone through the process and have become a customer Absolutely. After the, and after the fact? Absolutely. So our app is, is shareable in, in all of the different social media possibilities as well as email or text messaging. And so like you mentioned, our users are their our own like champions, our own ambassadors. So when they're looking at a property, that property is only on our app, right? So they can't copy it and have someone 
share it and the person has to then open it up back in our app. So it's definitely helping us with user acquisition. So if I want to share it with you, Jordan, you get the link in your text message and then you download the app roommate and then you could see the property as well. Apply to it if you want or not apply to it. Same with roommate chatting. You can get a text message or an email saying you have a a missed message from someone, but you have to go back into the app. So also with our users, what we do is I mentioned earlier, other than just sharing the properties or, you know, potential roommates with one another is we have these great move in rewards inside of our app that our users unlock and they unlock it by sharing it with other users. So a little bit of an incentive right there. And that's tremendous though, because they want to get $500 off their deposit or a free month's rent, especially if they're a college kid. And so we have those great deals inside of our app all day long. And we have a ton of great partners out there that are working with us to showcase really relevant products such as cleaning services or furniture rentals or food discounts and things like that. Very cool. Have you found that money is the biggest motivator when it comes to people signing up or is it finding a a roommate that is, you know, would be a good fit? Is that which one of those messages? So uh, and if it's a combination of both too, which one, which one is really hitting? So for us, there's two levels, I would say inside of our app. So the first level is they're trying to figure out a a new living situation, which is very intimate and it's a long-term situation. And so with us, Finding the right person is the most important. So being able to chat with each other. And we added recently in our app, due to the big pandemic that's been going on, virtual, like video calling, audio calling, as well as virtual tours of properties so that you can do it all from the safety and security of your own home. And so that is very important to users right now. So being able to share and call one another inside of our app is, I believe, the most engagement that we have going on right now, because that is a higher incentive than the dollar sign later on. However, once they found one another, let's say you and I, Jordan, meet on the app, the next, what's the next event that they're going to do is, okay, what do they do now? What's the checklist? And so we definitely provide a lot of content for our users and our blogs and, and send them information like, here's what you do next. Once you found a roommate, you're going to find a place to live together. And once you find a place to live together, what are you going to do? It's kind of like a roommate contract. And here's some tips, like, you know, whether that's like grocery shopping or finding a gym or making sure you have renter's insurance or, you know, what are the things you do when moving in? And so that's the second event and second phase in our app that then that dollar, that monetary amount actually is very relevant to that second set of our users. So it's definitely a combination of both. Um, whether it's the tools inside of our app that are really relevant for the users right now, and then, you know, how they can save money every day. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, you know, before we wrap it up, like what's next, what's next for you guys? What's uh, on the horizon for our roommate? Absolutely. We're definitely growing. The last few months have been some of our best months. So we are scaling very successfully, which is terrific, especially during these times. And, We are, like I mentioned earlier, listening to our users. So we have a ton, a ton of new features and a design in our app coming soon um, that I think will improve the quality of how our users are finding one another and how fast they're finding each other, as well as I can't say just yet, but we have some new partners that will be onboarding that will be very beneficial for our users coming quite soon. Very, very cool. 
Thank you so much, Alexis, for coming on. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. If people want to learn more about you or Roommate, where should they head? They can just go to roommate.io to our website or download Roommate on iOS or Android. Awesome. You guys heard it there. Go check out the app. Thanks, Alexis, for coming on. I appreciate it. And guys, if you're listening, make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff.